Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to the first of two Christmas episodes. I know that Christmas can be sort of a conflicted time for a lot of people. I do really enjoy listening to Christmas music. I know that a lot of you do. Some of you don't. Even if you're not a big Christmas fan, though, I do hope that you'll stick with me for these two episodes because there are going to be a lot of wonderful surprises and I think that you may, in fact, find yourself enjoying it. So I'm hoping that will be the case. I certainly have had fun compiling things this past week. I decided that I was going to make the first episode all about tenors. Because this is a voice type that I simply, I don't think I've played a single recording of a tenor yet. I mean, that's absurd, right? I love tenors. And I know that some of you out there even might be tenors. Some of you might love tenors in any number of different ways. And in fact, we're not just going to do one week of tenors, we're going to do two weeks of tenors, because I've got to throw together two episodes quick like a bunny. And because of that, I just needed to get all my ducks in a row, as my dear friend Gloria would say. I realized that there are a lot of singers that I had planned to bring to you that are simply not going to fit in to the tenor framework. But I promise next year at Christmas time to bring you four complete episodes of Christmas music. <laughs> I hope you'll join me then, and I will bring you every voice type but tenors at that time. But now, for the present, I present you a full panoply of tenordom, as we say auf Deutsch. Los geht's! Let's go! First tenor up is actually a tenor with a difference. No, it's not the lady tenor, Ruby Helder, but rather, in fact, a countertenor. Now, normally, countertenors and tenors really are quite different beasts, but in this case, the case of Russell Oberlin, he really didn't consider himself to be a true countertenor, but rather a tenor who had a freak upper extension. And not just a freak upper extension, but also the most beautiful countertenor voice that ever certainly has passed my ears. Here he is singing the solo in the Appalachian Carol, the Cherry Tree Carol. The choir heard with him is the Robert Shaw Chorale, conducted by the same Robert Shaw. When Joseph was an old man, an old man was he. Let my mother have 
That recording was a popular Christmas record in our family. And I remember being completely beguiled, enchanted, mystified, befuddled, overwhelmed when my mother told me that that was not a woman singing, but a man. And that his name was Russell Oberlin. Now, I don't know how she knew this. I'll ask her when I talk to her on Monday. Meanwhile, I don't know the answer. Perhaps I'll find out. I knew Russell Oberlin slightly. He came to one of my concerts and we met subsequently and he was very supportive. I was also able to tell him the story of how hearing his voice had really been enormously significant in my early life. So you guys know that I do focus quite a bit on singers of the past, but there are some pretty wonderful young singers out there. And when I am aware of them, I really like to support them. Now, I refuse to say anything to embarrass the person who you're about to hear, but I have known him since he was quite a young tyke. Let's put it that way. This is tenor Matthew Swenson. I've known Matthew's parents for a long time. Matthew's parents are both opera singers. Bob Swenson, tenor, Kathy Caldrick, mezzo-soprano. They both teach at Eastman now, but uh, I knew them through my ex, in fact, who was on the Western Opera Theater tour of the San Francisco Opera with them. They became very close friends there, and we would occasionally see each other, not nearly frequently enough, but I remember one particular 4th of July when my ex and I were living out in northwest New Jersey and the Caldrick Swensons came over and we watched the 4th of July parade from our porch. It has been wonderful observing Matthew as he develops into a tenor of the very highest quality. He's having a big career, and I'm very happy for him, and I'm always thrilled to hear his singing. I had already planned on beginning this two-part tenor tribute with the big excerpt from The Beginning of Messiah, 
And imagine my delight when I found Matthew's performance on YouTube, and I was thrilled to hear how marvelous he sounded. I asked if it would be alright if I used his recording, and he said he would be delighted. So, here, without any further ado, I present to you Matthew Swenson singing from the opening of Handel's Messiah. Restative, comfort ye my people, the aria, every valley shall be exalted.
A much more common offering in Germany at Christmas time is Johann Sebastian Bach's Weihnachtsoratorium or Christmas Oratorio. It's actually comprised of six separate cantatas that Bach wrote for services at Christmas time, while he was, of course, the cantor at the Thomannerkirche in Leipzig. We're going to listen now to Frohe Hirten, Eilet, Ach Eilet. Happy shepherds, hasten, hasten, to guess where, to the manger, to visit the baby. What I'm going to play for you is an early recording of Fritz Wunderlich singing it. Now, for those of you who don't know Fritz Wunderlich, well, you're about to experience something quite extraordinary. He really was the greatest German tenor that ever lived, and certainly one of the greatest tenors of any nationality. He died prematurely and quite tragically at the age of 36, I believe it was, just before he was to make his Met debut. Please listen to him here and hear how, even though they take a relatively relaxed tempo with this, how the coloratura unfolds, how he's able to just do it with such ease and such a beautiful legato. I really, really, really love the timbre of this voice. Technically, he is so on the ball. Give it a listen. Okay, so we've heard the two major Baroque oratorios for Christmas time. We are now going to hear an excerpt from Rafe von Williams's final major choral work, Hodier, which is a, a sort of a cornucopia of Christmassy texts 
strung together by a biblical narrative of the nativity. It had the definitive recording in the early 60s with David Wilcox conducting, Janet Baker, John Shirley Quirk, and the superb Welsh tenor Richard Lewis, who we are now going to hear singing this, the one solo movement for tenor. It's called Bright Portals of the Sky, and the text is the poem Christmas Day by William Drummond. Here's Richard Lewis. Bright portals of the sky embossed with sparkling stars going to listen now to a few traditional Christmas songs from Germany. The first one is performed by the Swiss tenor Ernst Hefliger. It's called Komet ihr Hirten. You may recognize the tune. It's certainly one that I knew as a child being raised in the Lutheran Church, even in the United States. Use was made of a lot of these German songs, so many of them strike very close to my heart. This is one of them. I particularly love this arrangement. The ensemble is the Concilium Musicum. The conductor is Paul Angerer. Angerer. That is hard for an American to say. Let's try one more time. The conductor is Paul Angerer. This is a recording from late in Ernst Hefliger's career, already from 1984. I heard him sing a concert in Milwaukee around that time a few years before that. Well, it's a distinctive, sort of peculiar voice, but I always liked it. 
See what you think. While we're on the subject of strange-voiced tenors, let's turn to Karl Erb. Many people profess to having an allergic reaction to this voice. To me, I can't believe how deeply and beautifully expressive he is. In a way, he brings to mind someone like Peter Schreier, who we will hear next week. What I'm going to offer you is one verse of his recording of O Jesulein Süß with Bruno Seidler-Winkler at the keyboard. Just listen to how beautifully graded it is and how exquisitely he uses the text. And tell me you don't think this is some kind of beautiful. Okay, in case you've had enough of strange voices, I'm going to return to the sublime Fritz Wunderlich. Now we will hear him do Es ist ein Rose entsprungen, known in English as Lo, how a rose er blooming. It's certainly one of the most beautiful of the Christmas hymns, chorales, whatever you want to call it. Here's Fritz. Oh, 
going to cross the border over to France now. Do join me. I don't really know why the César Franck Panis Angelicus is considered a Christmas number, but doesn't bother me because it's such a gorgeous piece and I love it. And I also enjoy singing it, not in the tenor key. I shall not treat you to my version today, perhaps some other time, if you ask nicely enough. (laughs) So there are so many gorgeous versions of this around, but here's one that I particularly love. And I just heard his version last week. This is a tenor who I once heard sing a Tamino in Zauberflöte that I think was a rival to Fritz's, and I can think of no higher praise. I'm speaking of the Mexican tenor Francisco Araiza. He certainly moved into a heavier repertoire for which he was really severely criticized. It's sort of like what happened with Shirley Verrett when she moved into soprano rep. People were just so unforgiving about it. I've even heard stuff that he did within the past 10 years where he still sounds more or less technically viable. Anyway, I'm not sure exactly when this Panis Angelicus is from, but you can give it a listen and hear what an exquisite voice he had.
I'm now going to move to the greatest French tenor of all time, Georges Thiel, of course. We are not going to hear him singing O Holy Night or Minuit Chrétien, as it's known in uh, French, of course. We are going to listen to him singing the song Noël by Gabriel Fauré. It is a contemplative religious text, but it's a lovely, lovely song, and he gives an exquisite performance. There's no way that we can have a program about tenors singing Christmas music and not have a performance of O Holy Night. Of course, Thiel's is one of the great recordings, but another one that I've discovered that nobody knows about because it's just a live recording that popped up on YouTube is Franco Corelli from 1967. His is a voice that, again, just makes me shiver with delight. I giggle like some giddy schoolgirl or something. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's what the composer Adolf Adam intended when he put that high note in at the end of the, the Minuit Chrétien, but what, what do you want? Well, when Franco Corelli is singing, that's the response you get.
I'm now going to offer you a curious Franco-American hybrid. I don't know how else to put it. It's a little bit of a, it's a little puzzle. There was a very popular, beloved Corsican tenor, film star, musical star named Tino Rossi. And he sang the song Pretty Papa Noel, which is the best-selling single in all of French music history. So that's something. It's sort of the French White Christmas. It has that enormous an impact on French society. Society. But he also sang another song called Lettre au Papa Noël, Letter to Santa Claus. This is a highly sentimental, really tugging at the heartstrings in the most manipulative way possible. That's the type of song that this is. At least as much, if not more so, than Petit Papa Noël. I heard this and I thought, wait a minute, I know that song. I know that song. Where do I know that song from? So that's the listener's quiz that I pose to you. What is this song? Check it out. See if you can crack the mystery. Il y a dans le quartier un petit bien peu gâté. Il n'a plus que sa maman. Travaille tout le temps Comme il est encore petit Je ne sais s'il t'a écrit Mais il faut garder pour lui Tes jouets les plus jolis A bientôt Did you get it? Because when I did, I just started howling. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. So those were the chipmunks. For those of you who don't remember the chipmunks, they were a horrifying TV series, and uh, man, that was another record that we had around our house, and it was not one that I cherished as much as the Robert Shaw Corral. Believe me. I don't think that the chipmunks qualify as tenors. I would call them probably, yes, the three countertenors. Because we're running out of time, I only am going to be able to offer three more selections. They are very interesting hybrids. Again, seems like we've been encountering a fair number of hybrids today, of one stripe or another. <laughs> First of all, another Franco-American melange, if you will, the African-American tenor Charles Holland. Don't know if anyone even remembers this name anymore. He had the bulk of his career was in Europe, primarily in France. He went over from the United States 
after singing in productions of, for instance, Four Saints in Three Acts, and he went to France and still encountered various unpleasant instances of prejudice, even in Europe, but less so than in the United States. Finally, at the end of his life and his career, he was rediscovered by Dennis Russell Davies, and from thence he even inspired Laurie Anderson to write her iconic O Superman after she had heard him sing the matinee aria O Souverain, O Juge, O Père. I guess she got O Souverain, O Superman, you get it. He made several wonderful recordings of spirituals with the pianist Jacqueline Bonneau, who we encountered last week in the Gérard Souzet episode. Here's a recording that they made of the wonderful Christmas spiritual Sister Mary had about one child. You hear what a marvelous communicator, what a superb singer he is. Another great African-American tenor, this a predecessor to Charles Holland, in fact, a real pathbreaker, Roland Hayes. He made numerous recordings toward the end of his performing life for Vanguard Records, including a Christmas album from which we will hear not a spiritual, but a rather tentatively voiced but profoundly felt version of Silent Night, sung in the original German Stille Nacht. This is Roland Hayes. The pianist is Reginald Boardman. Stille Nacht, 
Just as we heard an American, a native English speaker, singing in German, now we are going to hear a native German speaker singing in English. This is Richard Tauber. He holds a place in my heart like very few other singers do. The first time I heard him, it was on New Year's. New Year's Eve, my boyfriend at the time was singing in Eugene, Oregon. And we were listening to a radio program of New Year's Eve music. Richard Tauber came on singing Wien, du Stadt meiner Träume, Vienna, city of my dreams. Oh my goodness, that sound, that voice, and his intensely beautiful ability to float, pianissimi, those Tauber high notes, Franz Lehar was inspired by Tauber to write his most brilliant and cherished roles for the tenor voice. Here's Tauber singing Irving Berlin's classic White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright.
sun is shining, the grass is green, the orange and pine trees sweet. There's never been a such a day when roses have looked so gay. But it's December the 24th, and I am longing to be up north. Before I sign off, I must pay tribute to the great Dalton Baldwin, who died on Thursday, December 12th, at the age of 87, because he occupied such an important place in the life and career of last week's subject, Gérard Soucy, and because next week's episode will conclude with an offering of the most depressing pop Christmas songs that I know. I'm going to offer this particular song, which is not a pop song, but it's certainly depressing. This is the one quasi-Christmas item that they recorded together, at least to my knowledge. It's by Claude Debussy, and it's called Noël des enfants qui n'ont plus de maison, The Christmas of the Homeless Children. It is Debussy's last composition, and it's about evacuees, refugees whose parents have been killed in World War I, children caught in the crossfire, in other words, and who are excoriating the Germans, pleading for the baby Jesus to punish them and to help bring victory to the children of France. This is in memory of Dalton Baldwin, collaborator and partner of Gérard Soucy. Les ennemis sont tout pris, tout pris, tout pris, jusqu'à notre petit lit. Ils ont brûlé l'école et notre maître aussi. Ils ont brûlé l'église et Monsieur Jésus-Christ. Et le vieux pauvre qui n'a pas pu s'en aller. Nous n'avons plus de maison. Ils ont tout pris, tout pris, tout pris Jusqu'à notre petit lit Bien sûr, papa est à la guerre Pauvre maman est morte Maman a perdu tout ça Qu'est-ce que l'on va faire Noël, petit Noël N'allez pas chez eux, n'allez plus jamais chez eux Unissez-les Noël, 
So that's it for today, but do join me next week when we continue this exploration of the tenor's Christmas. Once again, thank you, Alan Segal, for the underscoring. And though he has now assumed a less crucial role for me, since I am now posting the episodes myself, I still extend my profound gratitude to Steve Robinson for his faith in me, for his encouragement, for his continuing support for everything. And of course, to you, my dear listeners, please continue to help me get the word out about this podcast. It's extremely imperative that I start to build an audience in the new year, and I really look forward to having your support in getting that ball rolling. Thank you so much. Until next week. My friends. The song in your hearts.